And then my buddy, Anthony Oliveira, another like super high level equipped lifter was like, dude, that's stupid. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm doing it. Gave myself like a couple hours to chill out and went back to Dan. I was like, hey, Dan, I was just kidding. That was really stupid. (laughs) Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 68 with just coming off the showdown meet in Kansas City. This was such an amazing meet that I got to be a part of. If you haven't listened, it is streaming live on coresports.com. You can watch day two, which uh, me and Miss Ivy, uh, the owner of Girls Who Powerlift, got to commentate. It was amazing. And I think one of the coolest things about this whole process of being a part of these kind of meets is that I get to meet a lot of different women who are being in the sport, who are coaches themselves trying to grow the sport of powerlifting for women. Um, and I am so lucky that I got to have uh, the number one at the showdown meet for the 198 class, Miss Amber Hansen. And um, Amber, it, it's so funny because I talk about this, but I almost didn't recognize her because she had, she's she been like super blonde for a long time. And so when I saw her in the bathroom at the meet, it like took me a second to realize who it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't even recognize you. She's like, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been blonde for a very long time. And I, it was really cool. She looks phenomenal, of course, either way. She's very striking with dark hair. But I got to, to speak with Amber and um, I loved it because Amber is a multiply lifter as well as a raw um, and a classic raw, if you will, um, a classic raw lifter. And she, you know, she trains back and forth between the two. Um, and she talks about her love for multiply, how she loves to help people learn more about geared lifting. Um, and if that's something you are interested, please, she even talks about this, uh, you know, reach out to her. She loves uh, talking about gear. She loves helping people get into it, learning about it, how it can be helpful for their lifts. Um, so stay tuned for a lot of that. Now, Amber, she showed up this meet. Let me tell you, like she had just came off of competing in WPOs, you know, not too long before, um, but she still finished off with a 479.5 squat a 330.7 bench and a 529.1 deadlift for a 13, a 39 total, which is almost a 527 dot score. And for those of you who don't know about dots, um, it's, you know, something that we've sort of transitioned over from Wilkes for the most part. Um, and to me, anything over a 500 is in the elite level. Um, and this meet, we have a two people who are in the 600. So it, it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of, to to, to witness um, a 600 plus dots. Um, all these, I mean, it's like common to see women like her pull over 500. So really excited you guys get to listen to her today. And remember, this episode is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance, where we live through strength. And you can find us at core256.com. We help people get stronger online and in person, and we really work around strength training. So if you're not only just powerlifting, but if you're looking to just learn how to strength train, uh, we're the people for you. And if you are new to the podcast, if you just started following us, do me a big favor 
and give us a rating on iTunes. It always helps our show grow. Um, it helps me know that I'm putting out uh, topics and um, episodes and people you want to hear. So if you like what you're hearing, um, if you resonate with our with our lifters and people who are talking on this show, take a screenshot, go in, um, you know, rate us on iTunes and take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram. I love reposting it. I love tagging our guests in it. They love, you know, reposting it themselves. I think, you know, this community is a lot smaller than we we realize sometimes. And you may not think that it means a lot to them, but it really does. So if you have a few minutes today, please go ahead and do that. Now let's get into it with Badass Amber. So how do you feel after the showdown? I'm still wrecked, like <laughs> flying home and then going to work the very next morning, like walking into the office. I was like a robot. It was, it was Wait, bad. So you didn't even take off Monday? So I flew back Monday. Okay. So I guess I had that kind of, but you know how it is. You fly, like even if it's a short flight, it's like that whole day is ruined. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Like it's, you know, there's always so many layaways. I mean, uh, layovers. So I had like a four hour layover. I was like, it's not even that far, but they, you know, I live in Huntsville, Alabama and there's not many flights coming in. Yeah. So it's like, you got to get what you get <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but man, yeah. So I know you had done the showdown before and this time, I, how was that compared for the first time you did the showdown? There were a lot more people this year. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. it was a little bit more quiet last time. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't at the showdown, but as a spectator watching videos, I felt like it was a lot more of the crowd this time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last year, I think. I mean, COVID was a big thing. It hit everyone pretty hard. And then they had moved it from Buffalo to Kansas City, like kind of last minute, but not really. So there was that whole thing they had to worry about. But but this year, man, that thing was packed. It was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I was thinking um, the location was really cool. Like it was enough Mm -hmm. where we could have space and, you know, vendors and stuff like that. But I was... So stoked. And I, I, I think this is funny because the listeners probably say, but you, when we, I saw you in the bathroom, I was like, man, you still look like her hair. I'll describe it to everybody. I'm sure you'll see it on her, on her page, but she had like a high ponytail and her, her hair was done. And I was like, man, I might would be a frizz puff. <laughs> Girl, those are fake hair. Come on. Oh, you made it look real. I totally That's thought. The- gotta make it look real okay it looked (laughs) it looked but though because it's like it's not mine so it behaves right (laughs) yeah i haven't ventured there yet i got too much of like my own crap going on with the hair but yeah it looked fat you looked great like i it was it was kind of cool to kind of see that because i'm a sweaty mess so when i saw you i was like man she still looks like polished Right. That's all you need. <laughs> so you've been competing since 2016. And I mean, I mean, at least as power open powerlifting has shown. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing the stats for the live commentating, I had taken down all your stats and I was like, oh my gosh, she's done like 20 mates. Like you've done a lot, <laughs> a lot of meets. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about like what got you into powerlifting. Were you doing fitness stuff before that? Yeah. So, um, I'd always like lifting weights. My dad actually was a power lifter back in the nineties. So oh, no he way. was always trying to get me in the gym as a kid and like high school and stuff. And like, I didn't want anything to do with it. It was like, ew, I don't want to get bulky. Like that stupid. 
I curse on here? Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can totally curse. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't yet. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he was always like really up my butt about, you know, lifting weights and doing sports and stuff. And then what got me into powerlifting was I started doing roller derby, um, back in my base in New Mexico. And I was like, man, this would be a lot easier to push people around if I was stronger. So <laughs> that's, that's how I started powerlifting. That is then so funny. Went to, went to Ohio, found a barbell club there, the dirty gym and been with them ever since. Wow. Yeah. Because that's where you train out of the dirty gym. Yep. So I'm physically in DC right now. So I train out of a gym called unleashed here, but like my home gyms back in Ohio. Yeah, that's crazy. I um I tried derby for a sec. Did you really? Yes. And I thought because, you know, I'm 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 fairly strong, you know, like yeah, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed the skating and I was like, I'm getting the hang of this and they're like, All right, you know, we're gonna have you skate around. They have like um like a time part where you skate around as fast as you can and Seven or 25 laps or whatever. Right. And they're like, usually we don't have people who are new do this because they're still learning how to skate, but you're doing pretty good. Do you want to try it? I was like, sure. <laughs> so I did it. And I was like almost at the end. And then I took a corner, just like not very good. Dude, good thing I was wearing a helmet because I just curled under. Whoopa! And uh, <laughs> then I was like trying to like crawl off so I wouldn't hit anybody. But, you know, when you're good, they could just go right around you, you know. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It, it was a little far away from me, the, the place where they did it at. So I ended up not sticking to it. But I didn't realize how hurt I would get, like, duh. So it was messing with my powerlifting, so I had to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's why I stopped because I started getting way too into powerlifting. And I'm like, which one do I want to do? Yeah. And then powerlifting one. So Yeah, that's crazy. So what would you say is a little bit more of your training right now? It looks like you sort of do maybe a conjugate method. Kind of. So it's a, it's a little bit of everything. So it's the concurrent periodization and we basically like elevate, like the, the philosophy behind it is elevating all forms of like athleticism that feed into strength. So I'll do like your speed work, your different kind of accommodating resistance. I'll train specifically for equipped lifting. If there's a meet coming up or specifically for raw or there'll be like a big hypertrophy block or something like that that develops um you know mass and strength and different muscle groups oh, that's great yeah I, I always like hearing yeah right <laughs> a lot of everything there um i was like hearing like i'm you know watching i guess you know you don't really get to see um or understand a lot of the lifting when you're just kind of getting glimpses of it so i do see that you train and multiply have you always trained in multiply because you compete multiply as well right i do um, so I started off in raw, did like a handful of raw meats and then jumped into equipment. And then I was pretty, I think I did a little bit of both through, like back and forth throughout the years. Um, but yeah, what is your, doing both. what is your favorite to do? Oh, I love, I love multiply. That's my baby. <laughs> I could see that. I could see you like underneath that monolift. It just, <laughs> I love multiply. Why I do you like raw. why do you like multiply so so much? I think it's just um, not that raw is not technical. Don't get me wrong there, but the like the margin of error in multiply lifting is just so minuscule that like any little stupid thing that you mess up, like you're gonna eat a bar or you're gonna fall over or something like that. So 
I like the the technical aspect of that challenge. Yeah. It's um I always describe it like multi-pie lifting, I think is more like Olympic weightlifting than it is raw powerlifting in terms of like aspect. I don't think I've ever heard it termed that way, but I could totally see that. Like uh I've never lifted multiply, so <clears throat> I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And so I got a pair of outfit, you all send them over. Oh, <laughs> I'd be screwed. I don't have monolift. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if somebody is interested in getting into multiplay, because, you know, right now it's actually, I feel like nobody's noticing it, but it's like coming back. I feel like I see a lot of raw lifters who are sort of hitting that point and they're like, okay, that was fun. What's next? And I've seen a lot more people jumping gear lately. What would you say? Any advice for somebody who's looking to kind of start it out? Um. If you, if it's something that you want to do, just like, just try it out, do it, use it to like, I have raw lifters that I coach that I, uh, use like brief work to supplement and like brief box squats. Like that overload is really good at developing strength and mass, especially in your posterior chain. So with like recommendations and advice, like find someone that, you know, like freaking DM me if you want to talk about gear, that's all I do on the internet is I love talking. Um, <laughs> but find someone that is in it or like, just, just make a friend and, and learn about it or just buy a pair of briefs and start off slow and see if you like it. Yeah. I was thinking of, I've, I added briefs early, Ooh, maybe about six years ago. I had a couple, maybe a year or two using briefs off and on. Um, and it's so different. So I can only imagine, you know, wearing a full suit because, for one, it's really hard to get into compared to, you know, people want to bitch about knee sleeves, like whole nother level. Mm-hmm, very true. <laughs> so how does your dad feel now that you are into powerlifting? He freaking loves it. It's so fun. Like he's, he's always my first phone call after meets or after like a cool training session. And he's like, what are you doing now? Like what, what'd you hit? And then he'll tell me, cause he's still, he's lifting too. Um, he'll tell me his stuff or, or like what he had my little brother do or something. So it's, it's been really cool. Like me getting in like more into it and being able to like talk to him about it and kind of bond over it, which is awesome. Yeah, that is cool. When, when you came back to work, I'm curious, did anybody like whenever you have these meets, do people, do your coworkers know? <laughs> they know what I'm cutting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say <laughs> don't send her that email or talk to her today. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're, they're really supportive. They have a lot of questions. It's actually really funny. Um, my boss watched the Kern live stream and he doesn't know anything really about powerlifting. And he's like, Hey Amber, um, what is that stuff that you were sniffing before going out there? So he's like worried it's like cocaine or something. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, sir. Like it's, it's ammonia. It's fine. Yeah. Like, it just snaps you out of it. So as my going away, I got him his own bottle of ammonia. Did he sniff it? He sniffed it. He was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny though. He's like, I'll get it for me. So I got it for him. And I was like, this is what you need to do for the staff meeting now. Well, I, it's funny. Cause I, I haven't sniffed ammonia. I sniffed it once like last year. I just don't use a lot of ammonia. Um, but I, I got, you know, I got an obsidian bottle and, um, 
my friends and a couple athletes and I were all at the house after the meet. And I was like, you guys have never, they're like, no, I, we've never sniffed any ammonia. I'm like, never like being knocked out. So my brother was a fighter when I was younger and he used to crack yeah. tabs underneath my nose as like a jerk other thing to do. I knew, yeah, I was traumatized from a young age, just put it that way. Uh, but we shook it up at the house and I sniffed it and I was like, it was like a quick doof, jab, jab to the face. I was like, man, I don't know if I could, I, I should try it one day just to see and just do a lift right before. Yeah, it, it makes me up, that's for sure. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. So you're cutting at work. How is it, you know, training? Because you're training at a very elite level, um, but then your work is probably pretty demanding. I know there's a few military people who have to juggle both. How, how is that for you? Um, luckily my coworkers and my, like, they, they know about powerlifting and they're like really supportive and they, like, I set really clear boundaries of like, Oh, you guys want to go, you know, grab some food later on tonight. I'm like, Nope, I got to train. Sorry. I got to go to bed. Um, and it's really nice cause they all, they all respect that a lot and are just like, yeah, she just, goes and trains and then goes home and goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So don't even ask her. She's not going to say. Yeah. She's not going to want me to. <laughs> but it's not too bad, especially since I'm like, I'm in a regular like nine, not nine to five, like seven thirty to, to five thirty type of gig here. So. Are you, so yeah. are you at, are you in DC for just a few years and then you're going to go somewhere else? Yeah. I'm here for maybe about another year, a little less than that. And then who knows? Okay. And you, I, how long have you been in the Air Force? Eleven years in October. Wow, that's that's yeah. a long time. My, my husband <laughs> retired at uh, thirteen. He was in the yeah. army. Yeah, he was in the army. <clears throat> He's just so beat up, though. You know, like after a while, they you get beat up. Um, yeah, but the military was great for us. Yeah, it's. I mean, can't really beat the the like back support and like got a paycheck. Yeah. And, uh, Medical, (laughs) all the important things. (laughs) Uh And I I really do. I enjoy my job. So I like the people I work with. So I'm like, well, I'm at 11. Might as well stick it out for the rest. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. We almost did that. um, But he just, he couldn't, he couldn't perform the way he wanted to anymore. So he decided not to. But with your training, so like this training cycle, did you do anything different for the showdown that you've done in the past? Or were you kind of like trucking away at the same, same stuff? Yeah, so this was a little quick, quick of a prep for the showdown because I competed in the WPO a month before the showdown. <laughs> then I turned right around because I was like, "Well, I'm gonna I I prioritized the WPO, so I really wanted to peak and do well at that meet, and I loved the showdown. I already signed up for it, so I'm like, "Well, just kind of gonna try and carry that peak a little longer, take the gear off." see where I'm at and just like maintain for those last couple weeks of training. So how does that look? How does that look for you when you're like, how does post WPO training look as you get into showdown? Um, it was like right after I took a few days off just to recover. And then it was back in ditched all the gear and kind of reassessed with like, some heavy rep work to kind of see where those numbers were. Cause I really wasn't sure I hadn't done raw stuff in a while. Um, we did like a quick little assessment and then moved into like heavy doubles, heavy singles on everything. Um, and just like maintaining in that like sub max, like 80 to 95% range for things. Um, it, it wasn't a ton of volume. It wasn't like 
really strenuous or anything. It was just kind of extending that WPO prep and like turning it in raw. Right. Wow. See, I never thought about that. And so your, would you say your training into the WPO was some raw and then gear and then compete, or was it a lot of gear leading into it? It was, it was mostly gear leading okay. into the WPO. Cause with that, like the level when you're in prep for an equipped meet, the level of specificity needs to be pretty high because you need to know how your gear works, how it fits, how you need to manipulate certain things to achieve like better position. So I was in gear, you know, like 12 to 16 weeks before the WPO I'm thinking. That's really interesting. Cause you know, I, um, it seems like I'll talk to different people for different, cause I'm, you know, I'm not really familiar with a lot of quip lifting. Some people don't like that, but some people do prefer that. And it, it makes total sense though, that you really do. I mean, specificity is definitely one of the keys, you know, when we're talking about progression. Um, and if you have a new suit or anything new, right, that's going to make a big difference um, in how you're getting into that. But yeah, that that seems interesting. So how long does it take you to get into your suit? You're probably an expert by now. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty quick right now because my my training partners and crew, like they know how to get me into it, which is really nice. And my training partner, Alfredo, he actually went to the WPO and competed as well on the other day. So we were both there. We both got each other into our suits. We both wrapped each other's knees on different days. Um, it maybe takes like, maybe like two or three minutes to get in the briefs and then maybe like five minutes to get in the suit. Cause I have one of the lace up ones. So we have to kind of fiddle with the laces a little bit. Yeah. That's not bad at all though. I, I I've the seen bed- people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I I've seen people, um, I've seen people take a long time. <laughs> well, I have one of the easier like setups and I don't like my gear super tight. Mm. So like some of the people that are like getting their trash bags out and stuff and like trying to do like slippers, whatever. I like it tight enough to where like, if I needed to get it on myself, I could, it wouldn't be the best, but also like, I like to be able to be mobile in my suit. Cause I want to know that I'm going to get down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause sometimes the, the shot in the dark, depending on how tight the gear is, or if your refeed went a little heavy or if you're holding salt, like your, your body weight is, it'll totally make a difference, especially in a bench shirt. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've heard of people just gaining 10 pounds and having to get a new suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I face up one. <laughs> right. <laughs> little accommodating in that way. (laughs) So what is, what is the, uh, what is the next step for you? What's the next meet you're going to do? Um, so I'm doing a bench only meet in November. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to mess around in the unlimited category with a band shirt. So that's great. In November, my goodness. So how many meets have you done this year so far? Um, I did the Kern, in April, the WPO showdown, and then a bench only. Okay, so yeah, that's a good space. Equipped, super raw bench only. <laughs> it's a good variety. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the reason why my coach is able to like let me do that because we there's like variation in terms of that. So, like my training and gear isn't <laughs> near dramatic on my joints as 
training raw is it's like yeah it's a lot of overload and your cns is usually fatigued but like i'm i'm hardly ever sore when i train in gear which is really nice i can recover really quickly yeah i never i never thought about that but that's always the biggest um benefit you know and i mean that's why i love the brief i was like this is great like having these yeah yeah, Um, i protect I mean, it's like armor. If you think about it, you're just, it's an extra set of muscles that you have on the outside of your body that are helping you that don't move, but just keep you in place. Yeah. Yeah. How was the, how was the Kern? The Kern was a lot of fun. I'd never done that meet before. Um, haven't been to California since I was like a baby. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was Aside from the showdown, that was like the other, like the biggest platform I'd ever been on. And I was like, holy crap, this is a lot. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. I I will say that it's always like smoke, lights, you know, dark lights, then the spotlights and, you know, all of the, yeah, there's so much going on. Um, I'm always impressed when I see lifters on that kind of stage because it's the big stage and it's, there's a lot going on Um, to me that can screw you up. But you, you, you were so composed. I had to have blinders on that whole time. Like that's, that's usually where I go. I'm like, Hey, I just, I can't let any external thing try and mess with me or like, you know, kind of block a lot of that. Like, uh, those distractions out is what I try and do. Yeah. And equipped has helped with that too, because like the stage at the Arnold or like XPC or like some of the equipped meets, they're like that as well. So I'm like, I'm already super uncomfortable in gear. Now it's actually really nice because I'm not super uncomfortable. So (laughs) concentrate on going and lifting. (laughs) (laughs) So how is your training leading into a bench only now? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you never done a bench only like this? No, I never prepped for a bench only meet. So I started working with Jimmy Kolb. So he's out here with me. He's got the heaviest bench press of all time in a single ply shirt. I believe it was like... 1120. Don't kill me, Jimmy, if I mess that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's been really awesome in working with my coach and kind of like tag teaming the bench side of things. And he's a bench only bro. So I'm in his capable hands to try and prep for a meet and a piece of equipment that I've used once. <laughs> oh, okay. That's even, that's even more interesting. Only once. <laughs> yeah. And you got two months to do it, less than two months. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, that's always, I would love to see you document a little of that, like what that looks like, because yeah. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody, you know, when they are a bench only, I feel like I never see bench onlys. It's always full power, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've never really trained for a single lift, but Jimmy, he's got it down pat. He's got like a whole split where a lot of it is, a lot of hypertrophy and then a couple of heavy like barbell bench days, one raw and then one equipped. So I'm guessing we'll do something similar to that. Interesting. Oh, that's definitely that man. That's a lot of benching. I know. I'm excited because yeah. I love benching. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part of the show where I ask people. What the hell is wrong with you people? What the hell was I thinking? Where you think back to a time <laughs> where usually in powerlifting that you might've done something that was really stupid. And now you look back and you think, what the fuck was I thinking doing that? Can you think of the time? I wish that you could ask my coach this question. Cause he probably has like 
40 stories of me doing something stupid that he could tell. Um, 40 stories. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's something, there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, there's okay. So I didn't actually do it, but it was a really stupid idea. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Really stupid idea. So last Oh, shit, I don't even know what year it was. It was the WPO semifinals, the Arnold that got shut down. So right when the Arnold, like they were like, nope, we're not doing it. They ended up doing WPO semifinals and I bombed out and I was freaking pissed. And I was like, what the hell? Like, come on. Like the, there's people out there squatting way higher than me, which first of all, that doesn't matter. That's not my problem. It's, you know, it's my lift. It's my responsibility to make sure I'm up to standards. And I wasn't, but I was pissed about it either way. So XPC finals was going on the next day. <laughs> and I go up to Dan Dag, the meat director for that meet. And I was like, Hey Dan, you got any spots left for uh, multiple females? <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm not leaving this weekend bombing out of a meet that I just prepped really hard for. And Dan was like, yep, we got you in. Just show up. Like, you're way in right now. <laughs> and then I was, like, ready to go. So did you and weigh in? I didn't weigh in yet. I I went and I, like, was getting all my stuff to do gear checks or whatever. And Kyle, my boyfriend, was like, what are you doing? We can't be And then my buddy, Anthony Oliveira, another, like, super high-level equipped lifter, was like, dude, that's stupid. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm doing it. Gave myself like a couple hours to chill out and went back to Dan. I was like, hey, Dan, I was just kidding. That was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and my coach, Marcus, was like, yeah, you just needed to give her a little time. She would have figured it out. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so but, crazy. You would have went back to back like that. Yeah, my daughter was ready to do it. <laughs> you were just pissed. I think I would do something very yeah. much the same where you're like, fuck this. Yeah. How long were you prepping for? I'm going to go get my total in a different me. Okay, guys. (laughs) Well, that's a very, listen, this is a good learning lesson. I think all of the times I do these, what the hell was I thinking? It's a learning, you know, example where in the moment, you know, everybody does something stupid. I always use this example, but Anna, who did did the live streaming, Anna (laughs) Perez, she decided to use a uh, cream that was like, you know, a horse cream yeah but you know where she used it she decided no, to use it on her hip flexor and then yeah. sweated and it went all down her vagina girl she could not get it off and she that what she did so she was like freaking out she's like i thought i was gonna have to go to the er because my vagina was like, i've done that before and it's fucking terrible that <laughs> is hardcore it works really well yeah it does but man note to self but greek yogurt was the was the cure get out no greek she did everything i think so can you imagine her her wife just pouring some greek yogurt on her shit like (laughs) hey that's love right there yeah like my my shit's burning can you pour some greek yogurt on this (laughs) i had my husband spray paint my ass before so it's definitely okay (laughs) <laughs> okay. You can't just say that. I'm telling you why. <laughs> it was a bodybuilding show, you know? So it's like, oh, it was one of those where I'm like, I'm going to save 50 bucks. Um, and I'm just going to have my husband do it. Not thinking about like, Ooh, he's got to get like the inside of my inner butt cheek. <laughs> so that position yeah. is not very flattering. 
just note. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's like a, it's like an arched position, you know, you're like, it was really uncomfortable and you're like, can you just, just hurry up yeah. like, fast? Please. Yes, just really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everybody. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking this time out. I think that I, I love that we got talked about multiplying all your training because a lot of times that people listen, a lot of our listeners are beginners to intermediate um, and they love getting to know you and who you are. And sometimes we don't get that on social media. Um, so it's definitely like a, a pleasant experience when they get to hear your voice and see what you're talking about. And you're such a nice person to be around. And I saw the picture of you Aww. and Leo and Sue and like, those are my people. So I used to train with Susan in, in, in Texas. Um, That's, um, I was so excited when I saw her walk in the door. She was like one of the first powerlifters ever fangirled over. Yeah. So when I started training with her, it was like the, I, and I ran into her at the, at the, in the bathroom, same like situation. Yeah. Like I, I fangirled in a, it's a, it's a funny story, but in 2011 or 20, 2010, she was at a USPA meet in Hawaii. I'm from Hawaii. I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, that's that girl that does bodybuilding and powerlifting. Like in my mind, nobody was doing that. Nobody was, a yes, nobody was doing dual sport. And I was like, she did it. She was doing figure at the time. And I remember like totally fangirling fast forward, like, you know, seven years and she's my coach. That's so cool. Yeah. She's, she's good people too. She's like the best energy. Yeah. She's just real. And I like, you know, like when... Mm -hmm. She's just always uh, supportive and always friendly. And it was definitely like a cool thing to see her on the stage like that because she yeah. hadn't done a big meet in a long time, you know? Um, so that was really awesome. But thank you so much again. And I will, where can everybody find you? What is your Instagram handle? Um, it's Amber.Alice. I, think, I so. think two R's. It's either a daughter and underscore. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am not prepared. <laughs> Amber, yeah. Amber I will have it. All I, I'll put it in there. I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes and where everybody can find you. And yeah, thanks again, Amber. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. 